Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to the Confessionals Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way it works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, every Thursday we drop a members-only exclusive on the website and on the members app, the Confessionals members app. And you get that show every week, plus the Tuesday shows ad-free. And when we have extended conversations on Tuesdays, we call those overtimes and members get those as well. So if you're interested in all that bonus, good, good, go ahead and check it out, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the join button and become a member. Now, friends, this week is a different type of show. We do not have one particular guest on the show. This is a show that I am putting together myself because this is a big Big time week. We are releasing The Shape of Shadows, the film that me and my team went out to Utah to shoot and document our experience in the Uinta Basin on Space Wolf Research. You guys heard Ryan Burns on last week's episode. He brought the heat and we're trying to wrap it up this week with another show to inform you on what we were doing, the legends, the lore out there in the Uinta Basin. And it was a trip, friends. And so if you're interested in being part of the premiere event, the event that we are hosting this Saturday, August 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you want to get your tickets only at theshapeofshadows.com. That's theshapeofshadows.com. You can get your VIP ticket and your VIP ticket plus. The plus, they get t-shirts as well. A limited edition t-shirt mailed directly to you of the Shape of Shadows logo. If you're interested in this wild event that we're going to have where we're premiering the film, plus a Q&A afterwards with me and my team talking about our experiences, answering your questions, you want to be there at theshapeofshadows.com this weekend. Get your VIP tickets now because well it's virtual so we're not going to sell out you can come even if it's last minute i don't care but today we have a 
great guest to start things off. We have the producer of the film, The Shape of Shadows film. We have Joseph Granda. How are you, sir? I'm good. Good to see you. Man, I'm good glad you're here. Uh, so, Joseph, man, uh, we, you and I, we started talking after you and I interviewed each other. Well, I interviewed you for episode 420, I believe. Yeah, because every time I say right. it, you're like, easy Nobody, to remember. Everybody remembers 420. <laughs> so, I mean, your your story was wild. And uh, we started talking, building a relationship and stuff. But I had never physically been around you, met you uh, until this experience where we went out to Utah and to shoot this film. You were the producer for that film. You come to Merkle Media with a wide range of skills, abilities, and experience. And my first time interacting with you in person was there though. And heading out there, you got there a day early. And so I'm still going out there and you're calling us, telling us that you're having some pretty radical experiences uh, around you, but also physically. And part of me was just like, this guy's pulling my leg. Like, I think <laughs> he's just trying to fit in, be part of the crew and is trying to, you know, maybe uh, not lie, but, you know, extend the truth a little bit. But it turns out you absolutely were not because of, well, I'll let you tell the story of what happened and stuff out there. But uh, you came on, on the team and you were a big, big help, a big boost in this film. And uh, you had your own personal experiences. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, if you you know me now, I'm not one that makes stuff up. In fact, all this, you know, paranormal stuff and Bigfoot and UFOs was sort of, I guess, I would guess I was agnostic about it, you know, whatever. It sounded like fun, it sounded neat, um, you know, and since then, this is the, the, I've since done two other films with you. One's a, a feature film that's a narrative film and then another um documentary that so we've got a great um slate of entertainment coming from Merkle Media in 2024 yeah so I went on a day early as a producer should usually to scout and check things out and I'd done a bunch of research I'd watched a bunch of uh, Skinwalker Ranch shows which <sighs> seemed overly produced uh, to say to say kindly um yeah so it was uh I got there at about uh, one o'clock on a Sunday and I was with one of the camera guys and we were, it was like a hundred degrees. And anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll spare the long story. Cause you really got to see the film. Cause you'll get to see the footage, but I stood there right next to him and something came out of the sky, flew right across the, the, the frame and then right back up into the sky. And we filmed the whole thing, um, which really piqued my interest about, you know, and I tried to call, I, well, the first thing I did is I, I got a hold of an ornithologist, which is somebody, someone who studies birds and sent him the footage and talked to him about the area. And he goes, look at from where you, that's not a bird. It's way too fast. It's way too big. There's no birds even that could have, that are very big in the, in the basin. And so, and I think that that same thing came back and we got footage of that too, in the shape of shadows um, that we got at night. Cause we were all freaking out. I was freaking out. Um, so, uh, especially today with all the UFO going on in government and in the media, um, I, I personally, I really think that there's something, something to something in the sky. Uh, but more importantly, when I got there and I had been for six months prior, I was wearing, um, a big metal knee brace, uh, awaiting for the opportunity to have a knee replacement, uh, which was, uh, my knee was very, very painful. Um, I had to take um tylenol all the time i had to wear the if i didn't wear the brace i didn't like i couldn't walk for very long because my knee was bone on bone 
um, and I didn't recognize this, but some of the guys in the crew came up to me and said, why aren't you wearing your brace? And it hadn't, it had not occurred to me that I wasn't wearing my brace. It's a big metal brace. I put it on the morning and I got to tell you the whole time I was there on space wolf research, I didn't have to wear my brace. In fact, I didn't wear it even for almost two weeks when I came back and then, and then it started to hurt again. I've since had a knee replacement um, surgery and, and it's great now, but the time I was out there and for about two weeks back here, even my wife was saying, Oh, you're not wearing your brace. I'm like, yeah, my, my knees, I didn't make the correlation until we had some conversations with people who know the area, who know the basin, um, especially Johnny, who's in the movie, who's a member of the Ute tribe, um, told us about the energies that come up through the ground. And I think that's some of the stuff that possibly why, I mean, CIA was out there at one time and FBI and, but my whole experience uh, along with that uh, minor uh, temporary healing is that what I discovered is even after knowing all about Skinwalker Ranch and all the shows is that that whatever's going on out there isn't, isn't jailed to Skinwalker Ranch. It's the whole area. It's the whole area because when, when I arrived there on Sunday, I, first off, I'd never been there. I didn't know anybody there. People just started showing up as if they were like called to come and see us. They started telling us about that massive uh, container that had been picked up and moved and struck by lightning. I mean, we got that's in the film. Um, it was a very, very weird experience, which uh, moved me to commit more, even more to uh, Merkel media and making more films and exploring these topics. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So if it took you going through some paranormal experiences for that, perfect. <laughs> uh, but I, I listen, this was something that I thought was uh, fascinating because for me, like, so, you know, I, when, when we do this show and we listen to people's stories, you kind of, there's no way to really prove their story right or wrong. You know, a lot of times it's people recounting what they've been through and, you know, you, you make a decision to take their word for it or you, the listeners maybe don't listen, you know, believe every person's story. Um, but every once in a while you, you hear a story that you can pull threads and you can start, you know, looking into it and you're like, oh, wait a second, this actually does match up. And uh, in a sense, that's what I experienced with you where I didn't know you and like we've just met each other and you're talking about how uh, your knee is perfectly healthy right now and you're feeling great. I'm like, well, I didn't know you with the brace on. Like, I, I didn't know you, I didn't see you limping around and I, I didn't, you know, oh, you had this, this surgery. Well, it turns out you did have a surgery <laughs> and the whole week that I was there with you, you weren't wearing a brace and you seemed fine. And so uh, it kind of goes back to a lot of things that Ryan Burns was talking about on last week's show, where people are having physical, uh, body, bodily physical reactions to being in that area. And he was talking about more negative effects, but then there's the positive. Well, I had that well. experience too, though. What's that? There was that one area that dipped down by the fence that every time I went and stood in it, I felt like I was going to throw up. I do remember that. Yep. I was, yeah. And nobody else, which is weird because my knee felt better. When I went to that one dip that, that over, and actually the, the Mesa part that overlooked um, the Skinwalker Ranch 
um, I felt like I was going to throw up. It was the weirdest thing. I could walk away and then walk right there. And I felt, and again, that's, uh, I can't remember his name, but I believe he's in the film too. The, is the archeologist who explains James about Keenan. the energy source underneath. Yeah. 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 Like, so he was talking a lot about like magnetic anomalies and things like that. And, uh, and also I was just thinking about with you, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, the same anomaly that was affecting you with your knee was also affecting you in the negative way as well. And maybe it doesn't affect everybody because not everybody is wired to even perceive the experience, the, 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 the effects. I don't know. Um, because I, I, I have a bad back and I think I still had a bad back while I was out there. Um, I, I, w- I wish I would have had some kind of healing properties that week. Right. But, um, it, it's, it's a very interesting thing that, uh, the, the, the land provides, uh, Ryan was talking last week about how the, after we left, the property had split open and they were able to drop cameras down. And, uh, then like the next day, the, 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 the land just closed up. Like there was nothing there. And it's just like, what the heck is going on? And so whatever is causing the, the, the ground to open up, I imagine that kind of stuff might've been something that affected your knee too and stuff. I mean, it, did it make you a believer in, in the area or at least uh, somebody that questions, maybe there is something to this crap? Well, um, yeah, but mostly because of what I saw us film, uh, Christian and I film, um, in broad daylight it was you know and i know the the one of the ute tribe chiefs said uh, oh yeah those are the sky people they're here performing for you because they know you're here i was like oh okay cool can they not follow me home <laughs> you know yeah probably so. not something you can negotiate uh we, we were right. talking about hitchhiker effect and things like that so mm-hmm. um fortunately as far as i can recall nobody had a hitchhiker effect from that experience um Maybe no. maybe we did from the first film, but not the, the second. Uh, but yeah, Joseph, you mentioned about uh, Johnny. Uh, later in this episode, people are going to be able to hear Johnny. I have some audio from when we were walking down by the river, and he was talking about the different creatures that pop up in that area, including the water babies. And uh, we're... Right. With, and the but, redheaded cannibals. The redheaded cannibals, water babies, right. horsemen. Like, I mean, it, it's just the area is rich with uh, legends and lore. And uh, we're going to now transition into the first clip of Bo Standing Rock. Now, Bo Standing Rock is somebody who contacted me well before we decided to go to Space Wolf Research to do a documentary. And it just so happened that it lined up where him and I were set to schedule to record shortly before I left to go to Utah. And I was like, wow, this is pretty synchronistic. And so I held on to that interview. And the the unfortunate thing is that somehow, I don't know what happened when I interviewed him over a year ago, the audio files were kind of crappy and they got like some, but not all of them. And maybe this is paranormal itself. Uh, but well, yeah, that's yeah. Cause I know what he talked about. So possibly it is, there's a lot of electronic stuff that I've since learned over the last, um, year and a half with you guys that, um, technology plays a big part in the paranormal big time, absolute big time. But, uh, Jack has been working, uh, aimlessly, not aimlessly, but he's been working hard on, uh, tirelessly is the word I'm looking for on getting these clips together so that we have uh, some of Bo's highlights from the interview that I had with him that were still pretty good. And so this first one is him going into some of his early childhood life, talking about shadow people, but 
more importantly, his ability to see into other realms simultaneously. And then uh, later on, we get into other his other experiences where he had actually encountered creatures. And people will be able to see Bo Standing Rock in this film as well, because Bo and Johnny are both natives on the reservation. And they both came out separately to investigate with us some of the things we found on the property. And so here we go with Bo Standing Rock, the first clip of Bo Standing Rock talking about him being able to see into other realms. Let's start off with the let's let's start off with the shadows and the 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 ghostly people and spirits. Uh at, where are you seeing these things? Uh, what are these experiences that you've had there? Um, man, it's like, uh, I, I can't say it's an everyday thing. It's every now and then. Um, but like, you know, people have stuff flashed onto them. Uh, and as far as I remember, I could see them. I could see these things. I could, you know, feel these things and connect with them. And um, even if it's not, you know, like visible to other people, they definitely feel it, you know, like, like the heaviness on your shoulders or the, the stress and anger that you don't even know what you have. Um, just the, the overwhelming emotional, um, burden on people. I feel it. I feel what's on them. I, I could feel what they're struggling through. I just didn't know how to handle it. If that makes sense. I, I didn't know how to, take the next step and, and and talk to this person about what they're going through because I didn't have a background in, in, uh, you know, spiritual therapy or anything like that. All I could do even up to this point is like, Hey, you know, are you okay? That's like the best thing, but like the shadows, um, spirits, people latched onto people or, you know, seeing, um, man, just, seeing people walk around and they're not there. You know, that's, that's always been a thing or, you know, work, I work at a grocery store, you know, just seeing, uh, yeah. Like seeing the people that aren't even there, uh, coming, coming around, talking, making noise. Uh, there have been other experiences where people have heard these things around me, even though I know what it was. Um, it was just kind of leaking out, you know, like how you have, People have experiences where they hear things or see things, you know, I can literally see the context of what's going on. So I just don't see that moment. I could see literally from when it started to where it ended. Um, so uh, with that said, then are, are you, you're able to see, uh, let's just say you're able to see this, this realm and other realms simultaneously. That's what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, um, and I could, feel the passing of uh i guess feel the passing of you know different realms if that makes sense the, the feel the passing of different domains <laughs> i guess like different energies where they where they kind of like to stay um so so uh do you f you feel like almost as if you're passing through different realms is that what you mean or mm. Yeah, in a sense, like the realms that people create, you know, I was, I, I think I said in the email, like, like, um, 
people creating energies, humans create energy. Um, uh, I guess if energies are a proper way of explaining it, but they create positive, negative, you know, uh, energies and they're able to create in a sense, uh, a sort of like domain or uh, a temple or something around them. Spirits, on the other hand, are able to do that. You know, you, you could feel uh, tension even when you, if, you know, even if you don't have this, you know, like if you walk into a creepy place, you know, you could feel that. You could feel that eeriness, you know, around you. Um, that's the same feeling I get when I, you know, walk around and I feel something. I'm like, wait, something's here. This is whatever this place is. This is, there's definitely something here. Or if I see something, I can feel them before they even come around. It's like, you know, you, it's like, it's like somebody looking at you and then you look at that person, you, you feel them, you feel their eyes looking at you. Um, it's kind of the, I guess the same concept, uh, of these realms or places, uh, that these, these things create. sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, as a former trucker, I've had plenty of time spent alone with my thoughts, though that is very beneficial as it can also drive you mad when you are trying to figure out which way is up. Your own mind becomes a, a revolving door of the same ideas and thoughts that lead to a less than desirable outcome. BetterHelp would have been something that I would have found extremely helpful while angrily sitting in a dock in North Philly at nine o'clock at night waiting to get loaded so I can go home and kiss my kids while they sleep because I missed another day of seeing them while they were awake. Life hits from many directions and it hits hard. Uh, BetterHelp is here to help 24 hours a day and remotely. So it doesn't matter where you are. You have the help you need on hand always. It's extremely beneficial to be able to talk with someone who is qualified to work you through tough seasons in life to be able to better cope with uh, whatever the situation is. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash yup today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash yup. So, uh, creatures moving through the woods. Are we talking about Bigfoot here? Uh, okay. Not exactly. Well, uh, okay, then t- talk to me. What did you see? What did you experience? What do you think it is? Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, last year, um, the beginning of June, all right? So, the beginning of June in the Uinta Basin here, uh, Uinta Basin, again, just in case you forget, um there is a place called Uinta Canyon. It's it's a, a big amazing place. It's so beautiful up there. 
So I was at the trailhead of the Uinta Canyon. Um, it's it has a horse, uh, a horse place. You know, you could tie up your horses or whatever. There's a lot of parking, whatever. It's it's a trailhead. What what else can you what else do you need? Um, but I was like maybe about I don't know. 1500 feet away from like the main start of the trailhead. So I was like chilling in my hammock, just relaxing. Uh, um, I was, I think, yeah, I was just going to take a nap. Actually, I had the, the, the tent over, you know, the hammock and my stuff there. Um, and I, you could hear other people coming to and fro from the trail, like passing by me. It's, you know, it's, it's heavy traffic or not heavy traffic, but, at that time it was, and then it kind of just start, started to like relax a little bit. And this was like, like around 12 in the afternoon. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it just kind of happened at once, but like, I start to hear like people running and screaming, you know, like kind of like, just in the moment and it's like nothing you hear on the movies it's a lot more eerie when you hear it in person you know it's 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 scary it's like it shocked me and i'm like kind of frozen and i don't know what to do and you know they i hear them getting closer and closer to the entrance you know i'm right there um on the on the side and uh i kind of like poke my head up to get a bigger better uh picture of what's going on and, and and trying to pinpoint exactly where they are through my my uh just my head and my ears um and so i get up and i hear it and i'm like what's going on you know like my heart's beating you know what's going on this is this is crazy and i sit up put my legs down uh, and i'm just sitting there and i hear them run past I'm like, okay, I don't know how many there are. You know, I can't see anything from the tent over me. Uh, all I could see is what's down below. And I hear like dogs, like, you know, how like dogs pant in their footsteps or whatever. And they're all around me. And I'm like, kind of freaking out because I'm like, oh crap, like wolves, coyote, like what is going on? Animals, they're getting chased by something, you know? And then I stand up. You know, I'm still under the, the, the tent thing and something sweeps me on my legs. Like I literally get, uh, sweeped under my legs. You know, I hit my back on the hammock and I fall on flat on my face and I'm just disoriented. Like what's going on? And I hear people like, like laughing, screaming, you know, help, help. But the people already made it to their vehicles. It's these things that are running past. I probably, I don't even know how much there were. There were several, but I hear them and it sounded like humans, like just the way they talked, everything. They were like these weird coyote looking creatures or whatever, like dogs. Um, and man, like I just run, I book it, go into the head. The, tra uh, the trailhead where the cars are and they have a truck i hop into their truck and they're booking it even though these things are surrounding us it's like like what are they waiting for they could attack us at any moment 
looking back, but they're just surrounding us like it's funny. They're la- like laughing like hyenas. You know how hyenas laugh. It's like the most eeriest thing. I'm shaking. I don't know what's going on. My I can't even breathe. Like I'm in shock. Everybody else is, and we don't know what to do. We so they're parked in front of the parking space, and you know they just book it over the the bumps, the ramps, and we're out of there. I left my car, all my belongings there. Um, but you know, all I could you know think about you know was my family. All I could think about in that moment was like, I need to get home. You know, I like, who are these people? You know, like they're probably from different groups or whatever. And in that moment we get, we get out of there. I don't know what it was, but, but man, it was scary. We got to the road, which is maybe like four miles away from the main trailhead, the main road. You could see everything. You could see the mountains and it's just, flat as far as i can see it's like a the basin is like a giant bowl so once you get to a certain point you can see you know all all out into the the bowl of the basin um and so we're just like i'm puking (laughs) i'm puking all over myself and crying and everybody else is kind of doing the same we're just like what the hell just happened you know like like yeah like in that moment i was powerless everybody else was too you know and like man like man so we exchanged numbers right after we calmed down you know trying to figure out what's going on and like dude oh man yeah i that experience you know shook me even to this day even right now it's like how does something like that happen what are these things you know and you know, for my memory, when I was thinking, you know, they had like human hands, you know, human features. They were like a hybrid of some sort. And, and man, I don't know. It was so messed up. Was, was this broad daylight? Yeah, 12 in the afternoon. Wow. That's how I was able to see them clearly. Um, it just happened so fast. I never ran so fast in my life. You know, I never experienced anything, any, I never experienced any event so fast in my life. I got in a car accident. I got in all these different fights and stuff, but that was so fast, you know, yet I was still able to feel it in slow motion. It was like a bad dream. Like you're trying to run, but you're in place and you're stuck and you can't breathe. That's the exact same feeling. Just terror, just sheer terror and, and just everything about it you know luckily i wasn't like the white girl in the horror movie and i froze you know like <laughs> I, I literally everybody was on a mission dude like we got out of there exchanged numbers and you know i got out of there and you know i talked to a couple people that were there to this day um, and we they're still shaken by that nothing's happened to them yet as much as i did but that was the first experience that I had uh, at the beginning of June uh, of last year. Of all times, I'm just chilling. I was chilling on my hammock, dude, on a beautiful day. You know, like, what the heck?
All right, everybody, that was Bo Standing Rock and his wild experience with these creatures out in the forest. And we're going to get into that here in the next clip as to what these things looked like and what they could have been. But I just want to remind you that Bo is going to be featured in this coming weekend's live premiere exclusively on theshapeofshadows.com. You can get your VIP tickets and your VIP plus tickets at theshapeofshadows.com for this live premiere that is going to be only on theshapeofshadows.com. So if you're interested in participating in the live premiere and the live Q&A after the premiere, go to theshapeofshadows.com and get your VIP tickets today. Now, we have Bo coming up here on the next clip talking about his experiences with these creatures and what they looked like And we make some connections that kind of caught him off guard. So let's get to it. Uh, These creatures that you saw in the woods that uh, one brushed your leg, you ran to the people. Oh, no. Yeah, it, uh, it, it was like... It was like literally somebody, like if you're standing, you know, if you're just standing straight up, it's like somebody just slamming into your legs and you come, you flip. Oh, so you actually you know? flipped over. Yeah. Gotcha. Knocked out of the wind and everything. So. Okay. So the way you described the story, and I think it might've been uh, maybe nerves because that's when you really start that, that story in particular is when you really started sharing details of stories. Um, I wasn't exactly sure. Were these creatures making screams like people, or was it the people that were screaming from these creatures? Uh, that's where this kind of gets a little fuzzy because, for me, for my sake, I want to say it was the people. For my sanity, for my story, I'm just like it was the people. But in that moment, I remember hearing the breathing of these things when they would run. You know, I was running past, and they were running with me. I guess not to me. They were running to a certain point. And um, like, it was weird. But at the same time, all that happened so fast to where, you know, we got into the vehicle and there was like two more people in the in the truck bed with me. And they were laying down, you know, or holding on tight. And I was like on the tailgate of it all. And I was like, being jerked from the acceleration and all the stuff that was going on. And like I said, those things sounded like people, hyenas screaming, but it wasn't the people that were saying, help me. It wasn't the people that were saying, kill me. It was those things that were chasing us, that were telling us to end them. That's, I don't know. That, that is, bizarre it, it is it, it's really bizarre uh it so it and when you when you say hyena i automatically like i look at hyenas like they're taunting creatures like i i can't like they're just annoying that's, like and, that's what it is yeah that's what it was and so it was like they were taunting you uh they had human hands human teeth uh facial features uh, uh i'm assuming that's what that's where the dog comes in like it, it kind of like facial features of a dog or what yeah, like they moved around like that, like big dogs. I, I would say like they were a size of like like um, mountain lion size, like a male mountain lion size, like human size, like human size, you know, but 
dog form, I guess. Like the 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 skeletal structure, I guess, just from what I've seen, how they move. Everybody's seen a dog run. Everybody has in their lives seen some form form of a um an animal like that run with four legs, you know. But when I looked at them closer that that night, they had everything like a dog has hands you know it, it was like literally it was literally like somebody skinned a dog and you know attached spliced human features onto these things they had the the long nose though kind of like mm, i would say like medium size nose a snout whatever i didn't get to see the eyes um you know the ears of a dog but just everything about it was just out of the ordinary it just didn't look right it just didn't sit right but i knew they were real because of the smell i thought it was all fake i've smelled dead things before i know exactly how things went and how they looked um in a certain light but that day it it was kind of blurry all i could hear was my thoughts racing and whatever they were saying and the people in the vehicle. But I know that, you know, those things were something else entirely. Did they have hair like a dog, like a full body of hair? Mm-mm. Like I said, they, they were skinned, like just gotcha. Their skin looked like rubber. Um, yeah, they probably had hair here and there, but I didn't see anything. You know, uh, with, with the no hair, the human hands, you know, man, like, and I, I don't mean to throw things out. I, I really don't want to throw things out to, to sway your opinion or the audience opinion or anything, but what I mentally imagine or yeah, imagine a, a rake looking like sounds similar to what you describe. Oh my gosh, man. Oh, that gets me sick. Yeah. I mean, like, because what I've had rakes described to me as, what I've, oh. what, what people have sketched them to be are these thin humanoid looking things that walk like dogs uh, and uh, oh have distorted faces and heads. Oh I've, God, nev- I've, never, I've never heard of a rake speaking before. In fact... Like I, I've, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who's gotten close enough to the to to a rake to have an experience like that. But it just makes you wonder, especially being in in that area where everything goes as far as the paranormal goes. I just it just makes me wonder if that's something there. And I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to put anything into your head. You know, I'm just just throwing yeah, it out there. I, mean, I didn't think of it that way. Like when I have these experiences, I don't put you know, creatures into my head for these things. They, they're their own things. And like, I mean, even then thinking about that and just the aura that they give off, like, can you imagine somebody coming up to you, yelling at you, crying, saying to kill me? Like somebody just running up to you saying, kill me, kill me, you know, crying, weeping, laughing, man- manically. That's the kind of aura. It's like evil. Like it's evil. Like, Nobody wants that. 
nobody yeah. wants that kind of taunting. Like nobody wants that in their lives at all. Like, ah, but yeah, when you say that, man, it's like, okay, like there's something else going on here. So I, I've talked to, I remember two guys offhand. Uh, I know we've covered Rake before on the show several times, but I, I remember the one guy said that I think it was him and his wife pulled up in their driveway and this thing was sitting in the neighbor's yard facing their house. Uh, so he experienced it with his wife. And uh, then there was Guy in Texas who I interviewed live. And he and his friend saw two of these things walking up a hillside together. And oh. so like it, they, they've been witnessed by other people at the same time and witnessed in groupings. So you've had that, you had that in that experience where other people witnessed it and they were in groupings. So I, I don't know much about Rake. I don't think a lot of people do know about much about Rake, but uh, it's it's definitely something to think about. I, I'm I'm should I move off of this topic because you're vis- visibly shaken right now. No, no. I mean, like man, like oh man, like it's 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 it makes so much sense. I can't accept it for some reason. Like, it's just like this duality of emotion of, of acceptance for me. Like, like, that's why it's so hard for me to talk about this stuff. Cause it's like, is it real or not? You know, is it, is it like, and I'm pretty sure everybody listening has these experiences when they, ex- when they see these things or when they go through their lives thinking about their experiences with the, with the supernatural with the paranormal and the spiritual it's like there's a duality of you know what's real and what's not everybody that was Bo Standing Rock and his descriptions of these creatures from that night terrifying experience and it doesn't stop there you see Bo he is somebody who has been exposed to the supernatural for his entire life essentially and he's learned to deal with it but the fact is he has had many experiences with the paranormal the supernatural the cryptozoology and that's what we're going to get into next here with this experience the former one with the creatures who knows what the rake creature is we don't know if it's a cryptid if it's a demon if it's a little bit of both if it's an alien but when we're talking about giant winged creatures that sits comfortably in cryptozoology and Bo has seen that as well so let's get to Bo and his description of this giant winged creature that he experienced in the Uinta Basin But yeah, I'm chilling. I'm vibing at the powwow. It's only been two days. And, uh, you know, the second day, it was like 11 at night. Uh, the powwow is still going on. They're still doing their contest. And it's at the same time as the uh, a car or a fair that's going on right next door. Um, for those of you who don't know, a powwow is essentially a Native American uh, uh, celebration where they have different dances and, and uh, different categories of dance, different singers. And it's more of like a contest. Than anything it's not ceremonial at all 
Um, it's, it's just more for fun. You could look at it at your own time. It's pretty amazing. If you don't, don't know anything about us, uh, as native peoples, we're not all the same, but it actually shows the differences and uniqueness that we have. But I leave 11 at night. Um, and I'm like, Hey, I want to go to Missoula. I was potentially going to go to Missoula, that same place where I seen the green light to see some friends, uh, the next day. But for some reason I wanted to go at 11 at night and it's like a four and a half hour drive away. Um, I'm an insomniac already. So it's no problem for me to like want to just stay up all night driving. Um, so I leave and, um, yeah, like not even 20 minutes outside of having, which is this, the town, um, that where it was not even 20 minutes out. Uh, there's a place or once you get out of the out of Haver, it's just flat as far as you can see, just nothing, just farmland for hundreds of miles. Um, and that's just the beauty of Montana. That's just how open it is. But, um, yeah, I'm driving and there's two other cars in front of me. Um, and then there was obviously more cars and it was during the time when there was a lot of heavy wildfires, you know? Um, so it's just foggy. It just looks like fog, but it's just like the smoke. Um, and it's like, it's heavier fog than it was the last couple of days, fortunately. Um, but, or smoke or whatever. Um, but yeah, we're driving and I see the two cars in front of me. They're probably, you know, like a good ways away. And I see them swerving, you know, like, like you see something on the side of the road and you turn, you know, off the, into the middle just to avoid whatever's on the side. I see them do that, but they do it like a, swerving motion and they put their brakes on really fast and they stop and and i feel like like something pulling on the the wheel you know um i'm just like whoa like wind you know how wind pulls your car that's what i feel and i like i slow down so fast i don't know what's going on and like i'm trying to get to the where the cars are because they've stopped near each other almost near each other and i yeah, I stopped near them at the same distance and I'm just like, what's going on? Because the wind's going crazy. And literally just a few days before I got to my home, there was actually a tornado warning. <laughs> uh, there's never been a tornado warning ever in my life of living there. There's always been 100 mile per hour winds, you know, seasonal winds like that. But there's never been a tornado warning at all. That was bizarre to hear that. There's actually a tornado was pulling semis off the road and everything. It wasn't windy when I was there. It wasn't windy during the powwow, but for some reason it just got crazy. Stopped. Literally seen cars in front of us stop too. And then you just see the smoke clear. Like just a blink, just, you know, like sucked out of existence and you could see everything. And, um, you know, the wind kind of halted like a dead silence. Everything just halted all of a sudden. It was really cool, um, but also really scary because we don't know what was going on. And so, you know, I don't know. It was weird. I feel it. I felt it. And then all of a sudden, you feel that wind pick up again like a wave, just like so intense. It, it just pulls out the cars off the, the ground, not heavily, but like just you could feel yourself being lifted up. And then you could hear it like wing beats, like, like you hear like 
I don't know. I open the window, I look outside and I see it, it like going on the left side or the right, going towards the right. And I open that window and I'm like looking and I, yeah, you could see it. Freaking giant bird, dude. Like huge. Uh, I don't even know how big it was, but it was huge. All I know is it was huge. Um, and everybody else was like, what the heck is going on? The, this fog is cleared up, you know? Um, you could see like the fog, like waves at, in a distance, like whatever, wherever the path it was going, you could see like it cleared out that area and the fog is, you know, coming back, you know, probably. And, and it did, but you know, I get out of my car regardless of the wind and I'm just marveling at what I'm seeing. You could see it still. It's like darker than the darkest night. But dude, that thing was incredible. Like I wasn't even scared. Nobody was scared. Everybody was just like, what the heck is going on? You know? And we're just sitting around talking about it. The people that I'm with, and you know, the cars that are there stopped cars that are driving by still driving by. Cause they don't know what happened, but you know, like, dude, it was an experience. That was crazy. So what you're saying is that you saw a giant, like a giant bird. Yeah. And you weren't the only one to see it. And you weren't mm -hmm. the only one to acknowledge that you saw it. So other people saw it too. So you, you say it, it's, uh, it's a big bird. You just say you didn't know how big, but, uh, it, it was big in the yeah, email. I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming this is the part of the email where you described it as, uh, you saw a mountain sized bird. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. so like, like I could, like from where I was, uh, in, on the road, on the highway, I could see the mountains where the reservation is, right? I could see how big they are. I seen them all the time growing up, literally see them every day. Um, so when I compare that size to that bird of the size of the mountains, to that bird, similar, similar size, scaling of it was immense, but not like ridiculous. Um, but it made sense. Um, and there are some places actually on our reservation in the mountains that haven't been explored yet. So that just tells you, you know, what, what that thing is or what it's about. So, so, uh, you, so you're saying where you're at, it, it's so large that there are areas that people haven't really explored at all. Basically. summertime with all the barbecues pool parties and vacations it's time to elevate your wine game that's where first leaf wine club comes in i'm all about enjoying the sunny season without worry and that's why first leaf is the perfect fit for your summer plans they've made it a breeze to get your personalized wine boxes delivered right when you need them no more stressing about missing out on your vino while you're out having a blast here's how it works simply hop onto their website and answer a few quick questions about your wine preferences 
Their expert team takes it from there, curating a selection of top-notch wines tailored just for you. And let's talk summer vibes. Whether you're craving refreshing rosés, crisp whites, bold reds, or even bubbly delights, First Leaf has it all. Your doorstep will be graced with a box filled with your hand-picked wines, unwind and savor bottles you're guaranteed to love all summer long. And guess what? These wines won't break the bank either. Each bottle is priced lower than what you'd find at your local wine store. To make sure you've got great wine when you want it this summer, you've got to try First Leaf. Just head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash confessionals to sign up and you'll get your first six hand curated bottles for just $44.95. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash confessionals. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash confessionals to get your first six bottles for under $8 a bottle. Tryfirstleaf.com slash confessionals. Offer available for new customers, pricing and availability subject to change. Visit the website for full details. In a distant location lies a place known as Massacre Rocks, outside of which stretches a somber and unsettling terrain. This site, shrouded in tragic history, has earned its ominous title due to the chilling events that unfolded here long ago. The echoes of those events continue to reverberate as the lingering apparitions of the past still inhabit this land. Once upon a time, when Native American tribes inhabited this region, a grave crisis emerged in the form of a severe famine. The distressing scarcity of food pushed the community to a dire juncture. Faced with the harsh reality that sustenance was insufficient to accommodate new lives, a heart-wrenching decision was made. Mothers, in a gesture of profound sorrow, were forced to take their newborns to the nearby river and enact a tragic fate. They would relinquish their infants to the waters, sparing them from the torment of perpetual hunger and deprivation. In the present day, the spectral traces of this heart-trending history endure. Those who approach the riverbanks and sit in quiet contemplation are said to witness a haunting phenomenon. The sounds of infants crying emerges from the stillness attributed to the spirits of those very infants seeking connection across the boundary between worlds, forever yearning for the embrace of their mothers. Transitioning to another location, Utah Lake sprawls across the landscape, a vast expanse of water covering 150 square miles in the north-central region of Utah. Within its depths dwells a mysterious entity that harbors a malevolent disposition towards humanity. Within the narratives of the Ute tribes, tales surface of a peculiar race of beings inhabiting the lake's waters. These creatures, referred to as water babies, earned their name through a calculated ruse that preyed upon human emotions. Mimicking the cries of infants in distress, these creatures lured compassionate souls into their trap, Benevolent individuals compelled to rescue the imagined babies ventured into the lake only to meet a tragic fate as the nefarious water babies dragged them into the depths. Yet even escape from the clutches of these malevolent beings did not ensure safety. A fearsome man-eating creature held residence within the same lake. Accounts of this creature 
first surfaced shortly after the conclusion of the Civil War, when a resident recounted a harrowing encounter with a massive reptilian entity. This creature, measuring an astonishing 30 feet, gave chase to the witness, driving them to the safety of the shoreline. In a bizarre twist, the pursuing creature joined forces with another one of its kind before disappearing underwater. Subsequent sightings added layers to the mystery with the descriptions of a creature featuring a canine head atop a gargantuan reptilian body. In 1870, fishermen stumbled upon a perplexing skull with protruding tusks further fueling the tales. Reports of these sightings persisted from the late 1800s to the 1920s before gradually waning. Caution benefits those who traverse the vicinity of Utah Lake, where treacherous entities ranging from malevolent aquatic beings to the lingering echoes of bygone tragedies converging to create an aura of menace amidst the tranquil waters. I hope you enjoyed that little reading that I did. I tried to dramatize it and make it sound good. Hopefully it was good. If not, well, there's always next time. But I wanted to talk to you about the water babies in that clip because water babies is something that popped up on this trip with us that really didn't make the film a whole lot. But it's a very interesting thing that people are experiencing when it comes to these water babies. And one of the people that was with us on this film, so we talked a lot about Bo on this episode, but Johnny was with us more than Bo was. And Johnny showed us around the entire area, drove me all over the places, showing me wild things. And what you're about to hear is raw audio from us walking down a trail him talking about the creatures that are appearing next to this body of water, horsemen, and yes, water babies. So let's hear what Johnny has to say about some of these creatures along the water on his reservation in Utah. And then sometimes you have state... Uh fishing game or tribal fishing game use this road but there's been many stories of you know just strange sightings on this road here and in conjunction with this river as well it seems to fall because this river this road follows the river yeah we gotta be careful too once while I might get a big truck coming down over. yeah so the thing that they see there's a uh, several things um, I don't know I don't really want to see it but it's uh, a hoofed man and there's also one that they can't really tell. Some people say it looks like kind of like a horse or like a goat kind of head. This is different kind of animal. Um, shape, do you think that here. could have something to do with the prints that we saw before? You know, it, it, it could. You know, you kind of have to piece things together here because, you know, there's nothing. There's no manual. So I always think about that, too. Yeah, you know, because it's not only wolves. It's not only... Wherever you know, in other traditions too, different tribes we have um, shapeshifters uh, into deer, owl, cougars, whatever. Right. And it's not specific to here. Yeah. Okay. So, 
there'll be some of that going on then there's um, now I haven't I've heard a few cases here I, and I haven't heard too much about it but there was this like flying man like a flying man now they've been seeing him more on other reservations up in North Dakota. This he have wings? Yes, flying man with wings. His eyes? Um, kind of was like Jeepers Creepers kind of a thing. Like, mm. It's kind of like, it sounded far-fetched to me, but there were some pretty valid um, sightings from incredible, very credible people. Um, so there's been a lot of activity. I don't know why they single out us natives, but they seem to, you know, <laughs> for, for whatever reasons. Um, and then you'll have the water baby along, along here. Now, if it were just a little darker, which it might be in a little while, then you'll start you'll start to hear him cry. You will. So, then, you know, you mentioned about it being a little darker. Is this something that typically does happen at night versus the day? Does anybody ever talk about seeing these water babies or hearing them during the day? They see them during the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can basically see them at any time, you know. Um, generally, it's usually when somebody is by themselves or unexpecting it. Maybe they're just down the river swimming, having a good time, and bam, boom, they're, they're there. Um, so we're, we're taught to avoid some certain areas, don't swim in certain areas. Like this river, we probably would avoid I, I avoid it I, I fish there's some great catfishing I would say that some great catfishing um, well yeah so this whole place generally too you'll, you'll keep it a keep an eye out you'll you'll see a lot of mustangs as we walk to we might run into some there's, a, there's a thousands of wild horses down here um, our tribe in the county and the state we used to have or maybe they still do I don't even know COVID kind of changed it but we used to have uh, annual roundups I think I was talking to one of you guys about that and where they would, uh, people just get together and round up horses, you know, take as many as they wanted. <laughs> yeah, and one of my uncles, several of my uncles, they would get some really nice horses, uh, Spanish stock. A lot of these are leftovers from the uh, conquistadors. Some beautiful horses. Some with some Arabian blood and all that. It's, it's really cool. All right, we got ourselves a treat here. We have Joel from Van Tesla Music. How are you, sir? What's going on, Tony? Hey, guess what? I keep breaking records on this show. Like, I was already the most uh, episode person, and I'll just keep racking them yeah. up, man. Yeah. Well, you know what? When It helps when your friends like best buds with the host of the show. Yeah. So... <laughs> People, people are like, I'm so sick and tired of hearing Joel. I'm like, too bad. He's my friend, and he's gonna be here whenever he wants to be. <laughs> and we've got a special treat coming in the next few months. We were just talking about off air. So yeah, yeah, we, it's gonna be a good one. It, it's just constant movement here, man. And we're trying, man. We're really trying to put together some really cool stuff for people, and that's why I'm really excited about what's coming this coming Saturday because um, I really think people are gonna enjoy this film. Uh, this is a film that. Like people really enjoyed Exhibition Dogman, our first film together. And yeah. we went out there with no plan 
and we put together a film uh, and people hit it hard. I mean, before we really had any clue what we were doing with the film stuff, uh, we released it on YouTube because we were just like, well, we don't know what to do with this. Thank God for Joseph Granda and coming along and kind of being like, okay, guys, here's the deal. You know, <laughs> he's like, you guys don't know what you're right. doing. <laughs> like, we're going to, we're going to fix this. And so it's going to go on Apple TV, Tubi, Amazon, all that stuff. Right. But before that, in two months, that thing got over uh, almost 200,000. Uh, oh, yeah. It was almost 200,000 uh, views on it YouTube. It was more, Tony. It was closing in on three. Yeah. Well, whatever it was, it was a lot. And so people seemed to enjoy it, which was cool. Um, and this one, I think people are going to enjoy even more. And because we went out there and we caught UFOs on, multiple times, UFOs on footage. We got witchy ritual stuff on footage. We got tracks on footage. We got uh, petroglyphs on footage. We got chased by feds or men in black or who knows what we got chased by. And then we wound up chasing. I mean, it was just, it was a fun film to put together. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know, two for two kind of thing. Actually, it's three for three, but people don't know about that yet. But uh, <laughs> we got another film coming out that we just shot. Uh, but two for two coming out kind of thing where we go out and we put ourselves in a situation and it just kind of unfolds around us. And I dig it. Um, what was like the the thing about that trip that stood out the most to you? Uh, for me, I... There was a lot of different things. I think I always go back to the ritual circle uh, because of me. I I was finally, finally, I was the first on the scene. Like I, you know, like I was. Me and Ward were the ones to find it late at night, and it was just like, what the heck is this? Uh, for, I always go back to that. I don't know if that's like the coolest part of the film, but for me, it's like, dude, we found a freaking like straight up ritual circle, and then on last Tuesday's show. Ryan was telling us about all the dark magic that's happening on his property. He's finding people on his property performing dark magic and stuff. I'm like, dude, we found, you know, <laughs> like, so uh, yeah. for, for me, that's like the, it was like the, the, the highlight that I always fall back onto. But what was yours? Being chased by government ops or rather it was reservation uh, people that were looking into what we were doing on the property or uh, three letters. I don't know. I just know that it was definitely somebody following us. And I think for me and how my mind's always geared, that just amplified everything else we'd already seen. The UFOs, the ritual circle, the weird talking in the woods that you heard, mm. stuff that's not on the film that people don't know about. There were little girl voices that were talking in the woods to you and just things that were happening on that property, it amplified that because it's like, well, there's something that doesn't want us looking into this stuff. And I know for me, seeing that, that was the highlight for me. Not that the other stuff wasn't great, man. I, I love seeing UFOs. It wasn't my first time seeing UFOs, but it was probably the magnitude of how many we saw in a hour, hour and a half span. I don't know if I've seen that many. You know, I've seen a massive what looked like a triangular ship with smaller ships going in and out of it, but I didn't see close to 25, 30 in the sky at one time, which we saw. So yeah. that was huge. But I think us getting chased was bigger 
because it solidified that what we saw that whole week, there was something to it. Yeah. And I think when you've got three letters or whoever involved, then you know that you're on to something. You're on the trail. You're hot on the trail. Hot on the freaking trail, man. Like, I, I, was, I don't watch a whole lot of stuff. And I was watching the Skinwalker Ranch uh, show on Netflix. Yeah. And um, I think I've watched like five episodes total. And um, the one episode I saw, they, they showed a picture or a video. It might have been a video of this, this light lighting up on the mesa and shooting up in the sky. And I was like, we saw exactly that as well. You know, like exactly on the Mesa, you know, we were just, you know, from a different vantage point, but we saw exactly that. And so it made me wonder, like, do, is that something that happens often or did they capture the same event that we were there to witness? You know, like what, what they showed on that show, is that like, what, did they film that when we were there filming as well? You know, I don't know. I have a feeling that that's a common occurrence though. Yeah. And if people don't know, the Space Wolf research butts up to Skinwalker Ranch, but Skinwalker Ranch is down in the basin between mesas. Um, Space Wolf research, part of it is on top of the mesa. So we were actually on top of the mesa when all this stuff was happening. Mm. So there was a lot of stuff going on on that that particular said ranch as well during that time. There's a lot of lights going on on the ground too, not just in the sky. And oddly enough, it was right after you and Ward found this ritual circle that everything just lit up. It, it lit nuts. up. Yeah, it lit up. And, and and part of me would love to say it's a coincidence, but the more the more I, I, I'm just coming to, I don't want to say learning or researching, just coming to the understanding of how this stuff kind of operates, man, I don't think it was an accident at all. I really don't. No. I, I think, like, like, I'm so far past the idea that UFOs are aliens from another world. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that that's an impossibility. And I, I certainly think that that is a, an explanation to be uh, considered strongly. But... You go by the, the the definition UFO, unidentified flying aircraft or uh, um, object. Uh, I sound like Charles Barkley. He even give you two words and he rattles off a whole sentence, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I just, um, there, there's a lot of things coming from other realms that pop through and they're flying. Uh, there's creatures, there's beings that come through and those creatures and beings, they bring things with them. I think that I really, really believe that some of the things that you see in the sky is that. And uh, so I, I think when we picked up that, uh, well, didn't pick up, but we we took pictures and brought up the pictures to you guys for the the ritual circle, I just felt like, I felt like it then and the more time goes on, the stronger the feeling gets where I feel like we, we disturb something, you know? And, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know. And when I say disturbed, I, I, I mean like literally we activated, uh, I, I think that maybe we disturbed it or maybe it was just the sheer acknowledgement of it. Like 
charged something. But it, it just, it's really weird how we had that crazy light show right when we were talking and discussing and showing what we found. Uh, it just seems more than a coincidence to me. Yeah, I think too, because when we go to these sites, we're looking at everything from a spiritual angle, which a lot of these researchers don't. They go into it strictly scientific. So they're not looking at it, or at least on the surface, right? Maybe behind the scenes, they think and believe that there's something paranormal going on, which I do think they do. They just don't tell us that. But I think we go into it completely open to the viewing audience to people that know we go out here, we go into it strictly from a spiritual angle. The The scientific stuff comes after. <laughs> That's more with us. We, we do talk to people mm-hmm. that are very adept in the scientific realm. We always check back and recheck back and go through the rigors of what we've seen and found. But I can say that because we're, we all come from a spiritual angle and we know that this stuff is not of this world, or at least interdimensional. I think that's why stuff gets activated so much because we do believe that these things exist. Fallen angels, demons, angels, uh, interdimensional beings. That's all the stuff that we know that goes on. And we understand that a lot of these things manifest in ways to deceive us. So we know that as well. Uh, and then we have a myriad offshoots from there. So I think we're just so open when we go to these places that these things are just ready for us. They're like, yeah, okay, cool. Did you hear what Ryan Burns called that area on my show last week? No. He called it the realm of the fallen. That's wild, man. Bro, I was like, I told him, I said, bro, you just named the episode. Like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> It's like the realm of that the fallen, bro. Are you killing me? Like you're straight up killing me. Uh, I was like, yo, this dude has like, he just stepped on the sweet spot for me. Like we were talking portals and all that. He's bringing fallen angels. And I had him clarify. And he, he, he said, he said what I thought he was saying. And, um, and it just brings a whole other element. He said that we, that they were getting, they, they get the ground splitting and cracking open and they've been able to drop cameras down like 50 feet. And then what's crazy is that like the next day, the, 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 the crack closes up. That's crazy, bro. Like it, it, the ground's opening and closing. It, it's wild. And, and But then you start digging into what they've said about there's tunnels and tunneling systems underneath the Space Wolf and Skinwalker Ranch. There's a lot of talk of that, even from the natives. So what's going on underneath in these areas that is probably government, maybe combined with quote-unquote aliens and alien technology, but it's really fallen angel activity that's going on under there. Maybe even some Nephilim research as well. Hey, hey, you know. Nothing's impossible. That's the way I feel, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like anything's possible. In the words of the great Kevin Garnett, uh, I uh, a few people are going to get that reference, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I uh, I'm telling you, man. Like we had uh, we had gone to that place with the the petroglyphs and the six fingered giants yeah. everywhere. I mean, 
the legends are true. I don't care. I don't care what you say. Like we talk about the Native Americans and talking about these certain things and stuff throughout time and all that. But like when you when you stand there and you climb these rocks and you're looking like face to face, like it's inches in front of your face. You're getting up close and looking at these petroglyphs with sex fingers, bro. And the and it's clearly a giant because there's little people around. Like I'm just like, yo, bro. Like these things really, really were there, and uh, it's. I'm telling you, man, the Uinta Basin is a magical place. It's a magical place, and I, I'm just. I'm glad we were able to experience it. And he invited us back out, and I told him, I said, if we go out there with the new knowledge and information we have of the spiritual side of things going on there, dude, we might we might spend a week where we just straight up do some spiritual warfare out there and just see what's up, you know? And like, just yeah. bring, just bring the hammer and start smacking the fallen around. And he's bringing up fallen angels. I'm like, bro, I got something for you, you know? So like, I just want to, I, I just want to see what's going on and, and see what's up, you know? Like, like everybody wants to go to haunted houses and stuff and then, you know, get something to talk on the ghost box. So let's just go out to, to, to the space wolf research, do some spiritual warfare, smack up some fallen angels, see what's up. See if somebody comes through popping up. What's up? You know, like, <laughs> let's see what's up. <laughs> so uh, I, I just, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I would love to go back out there one day. Obviously it's not something that we're going to do anytime, you know, in the near future, but um it's definitely something I wouldn't be opposed to at all. So um, the way to justify that is for people to uh, enjoy the film. So, you know, we need people to show us that you're interested by getting the film and enjoying the film. Uh, if nobody likes the film or watches the film, then I'm not going back to Utah. So, uh, right. Yeah. So speaking of the film, though, um, you you made and this is the first time you've done this and you're going to do more of these things, but uh, you're putting together an entire album based off this trip, a musical album. And so if you could just tell people about it. Yeah, it's, you know, music inspired by the film, right? So it's a soundtrack for all intents and purposes. It's called The Shape of Shadows. So if you're looking for it on any of the streaming services, which it will drop the same day that the film comes out, um, on Saturday, which there's also a music video that will be attached to all this as well. So I did a song called Walking in My Skin, which that's pretty self-evident considering we did a Skinwalker film. But the way that I did these songs are they have double meanings. So they may have a meaning for me personally that I want to talk about, but they do tie into the film in a way. So, you know, you found the ritual circle with the bones. I did a song called Bones, which both Standing Rock actually made the instrumental for that, which is fantastic. And he was a huge part of the film in helping us find out what was going on in the property. But he's also a really good producer too. So he helped produce that. And the soundtrack itself seven tracks it's a couple songs people have already heard because i did release them early uh but the rest of it is brand new so it's going to be really exciting for people i think that even if you didn't know that it was a soundtrack to a film you're going to enjoy it because it's not going to be talking about the film like it's it's got its own meanings and its own uh 
type of uh, analogies as well, yeah. life analogies, whatever else. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with these soundtracks going forward to have these songs stand on their own, but also be tied to the films. And you're going to see in this music video, uh, Ward did a really good job who shot the film itself. He actually edited and shot the music video. And there's a lot of footage from the film intertwined in with the music video and me singing. So it's, it's really cool. And I think people are going to enjoy it. And I think the more that people start seeing the music that is a part of these films, I think people are going to get used to that um, as we go. Yeah. So they, Again, when when is this coming out now, the, the, the soundtrack? The soundtrack will come out the same day as the as, premiere. Okay, so, as the premiere. Yep. Gotcha. So people can look forward to that. And uh, the walking in my skin, am I allowed to play that as the outro or no? Absolutely. Perfect. We'll give cool. them a little preview. Sounds good. Uh, we, we, and we should. And we should. Uh, but yeah, so this, I, I've listened to all the music on it and I think it's, I've, I've, I mean, I've, I think you've had it done for quite some time. So, uh, I've listened to it for, you know, for a good while now. I think late last year you had it all done and you were sending me yep. stuff and I was just like, this is heat. Uh, the one track, uh, lights on the Mesa, I think is what you called it. Uh, yeah. bro, I think that might be my favorite one. Uh, but anyways, I, People can look forward to that. So basically, this is a a, uh, a double release day. We're releasing The Shape of Shadows on theshapeofshadows.com as a premiere. This is an event that you are attending. You are coming to watch at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, The Shape of Shadows on theshapeofshadows.com. And then afterwards, we will be doing a live Q&A with cast and crew. And that is what we are doing on Saturday, the same day that Joel is releasing the soundtrack. And so, uh, again, where can people get it again? You can get it anywhere. So whatever your favorite streaming service is, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, there's so many. You know, iHeartRadio, whatever that you listen to, go to there and just type in The Shape of Shadows, Joel Thomas, you'll find it. It'll come up pretty quick. Generally speaking, most people do Apple Music or Spotify. That's generally where people go to. And that'll probably be easy for you. Super easy to find. Uh, super easy to find me. You type in Joel Thomas. There's not very many of us out there. So you'll be able to find the music. Also, the music video comes out as well. And that will be on YouTube. Um, if you go to youtube.com slash music. You will be able to get a hold of the music video, which will be released the same day. So there'll be a lot going on on that Saturday for everyone to enjoy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, lots going on that Saturday, and uh, I'm very excited about it. And I hope people really enjoy what we created because I think it's it's really really fun and good. So, uh, friends, this is the wrap up of this unconventional show, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I have been feeling under the weather. My kid went to school this past week. He started kindergarten and he came home sick, of course. And so everybody else got sick. And uh, I hope it didn't sound like I have a sore throat, but I have a terrible sore throat right now. Uh, but I really appreciate everybody listening to this episode. Please, if you're interested in joining the premiere, do not wait. Go get your tickets now at theshapeofshadows.com. That's the shape of shadows. Dot com and you can get your VIP tickets there and attend this live premiere event right on the shapeofshadows.com. Joel, 
I appreciate you being here, man. Uh, everybody listening, I appreciate y'all being here as well. And until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first, it will piss you off. Bye. Just another carcass on another carcass They just say it's harmless